done. Do you know that I was having sex with a guy? This was months ago. I'm a top and I was topping him and he was like feeling my penis. He was like looking at it, feeling my penis. And he was looking at me and looking at my penis. And then he says to me, he goes, is this real? Were you born with this? Like, were you born with this penis or, or like, or were you born with a vagina and then you like got a sex change to have a penis? And I really love that. <laughs> that is the fantasy. Um, so, yeah. I, really I know because I don't understand why I would have gotten a penis as a sex change and nothing and like not shave my head. I don't like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either, but also this is the American educational system. We need to restart. We need to throw this away and start over because something is not working here. Welcome to trainings. It's our first episode. I thought we were recording. Okay, you have to remember now. Do you see where it says, does it show you like recording? Oh yeah, it's it's the little thing is blinking. It's blinking. does it does it not have a thing at the bottom that says like stop recording? No, because you created this. Oh okay, all right. So yeah, so oh, I have to remember okay, to do that. Hair. Wait, first of all, your hair is giving fabulosity. It's giving really eighty supermodel, ninety supermodel. Is it? Oh, yeah, body, yada 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 yada. You have really great hair too. I I just yeah I can't I have to keep it straight of of some sort. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> um. Okay. So trainees, we're writing a film, or actually, I guess we'll start with like, do you want to introduce yourself, and then I'll introduce myself. Yeah. Um. Hi, my name is Nyla Moon, and I am a trainee. Um, <laughs> M to F. I'm an M to F trainee, and um, <laughs> and um, I'm also a filmmaker. I'm based in New York. Wait, should I be letting the girls know where I live? You know, just in case they want to come after me and try to kill me or something, because you know they'd be killing the girls. So I'm like, I don't know. Okay, I guess now you know I'm from New York. But yeah. Nyla, New York filmmaker. What's up? My name is Quay Tan. I am an actress, a comedian, a writer, a producer, a hooker, um, a businesswoman. <laughs> you said yeah. Um, I have done movies and TV shows everywhere, everywhere from American Horror Story to like a movie with Kevin Bacon called They Slash Them. Um, and the reason that Nyla and I are together is that we actually met through Lena Waithe's, what would you call her thing? Was that a fellowship program? Yeah, it was a fellowship. It was called Hillman Grad Writers Fellowship Program. And so I I wrote a, 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 a television pilot script and it was about these two trans girls who um, try to fight back against corruption in their city. 
they basically, while they're doing sex work, they pretend to be vice cops and, you know, start sticking the Johns up. And yeah, so I met Quay, Quay and also Alex is a fabulous actress through there. They introduced all of us and I've, you know, just been super close and cool with them. Oh, I had my first Especially interruption. Quay. Oh, wait, are, oh, oh, you're back. Okay, so you were saying you also met Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was only acting, I was really only acting at that time. This was in what, 2020 or 2021? 2021 probably, huh? Yeah, it was 2021. Yeah, and I got an email um, from Lena Waithe's um, camp and they asked if I would be a reader of Nyla's play, of Nyla's uh, screenplay or teleplay at the Hillman grads, their final kind of showcase or event at Newhouse um, in Hollywood. And I was like, of course, you know, I'll do it. They were paying like $100. I didn't know Nyla. And I read the script with um, with Alex. Oh, you and out, as we were reading it, we were so engrossed in it. We were, it was so compelling. We were so in love with it. And we ended up doing the reading, meeting Nyla. I just was like, this woman is so dynamic. She had a Telfar bag. I didn't even know what a Telfar was in 2021. And now I have, I think, four of them. <laughs> um, she, <laughs> she is just extremely fabulous and really smart. And I remember DMing Lena Waithe. And I was like, hey, you know, we, we did the... so." We do the we do the reading and then I take Nyla by the hand and I introduce her to I don't know these people, but I introduce her to all the people that are there. And I'm like, you need to meet this woman because this script is amazing. And I like it just I had never I don't know. I don't think I'd ever read a script by a black transgender woman, you know, that really reminded me of myself. And so I was like, this needs to be made. This show needs to be made. And I DM'd Lena Waithe and I was like, you've seen this, right? Like, where's the, where's the funding? Where's the, where are all the things? Cause I'm like, this is, ama I'm like, this is amazing. And, you know, she was like, yes, I've seen it. And, you know, I, you know, hoped more would have come out of that and potentially things still can. And I reached out to a couple of other filmmakers, um, and I don't know, it just it didn't seem like any of those people that I reached out to on your behalf. It didn't seem like they kind of took you by the hand or whatever. No, girl, they gave, bitch, you're a tranny. <laughs> Wait, am I going to speak like that? Yeah. So, um, so Nyla in her own right, you know, you've been making some good strides. You don't you don't need me to, you know, do anything for you. But um, do you want to say some of the stuff you've been doing? Um, first of all, don't play with me. I need some help. Whoever's up there, <laughs> can you help me? I need some help. I need help. It's hard out here. Um, so I so after Hillman, I I I really I really wanted to do comedy at Hillman, but they put me in drama, and which is fine because I do like drama as well. But I I had originally applied with a comedy script, and so 
So after Hillman, I I did have a few meetings with people, but they kind of were just like, you know, they didn't they, they they didn't get the vibes, you know, the vibes. And so so I was like working in production as a PA in New York City. Baby, I was standing for them 14-hour days. I was standing. And um and I I I also because of the script I wrote for Hillman, it was really dark, even though I really loved it, it was really dark. And I think around that time, it was a lot of disclosure about like trans people revealing that they're trans to their partners. And people were just like, if you are a transsexual girl, then you need to tell everyone, everyone who you are. <laughs> at the gate. <laughs> There's like, if someone looks at you dead in the eye from three blocks away, you need to let that person know you're a transsexual because they want to fuck you. And so, yeah. so that was kind of the disclosure. So I, I kind of, I wrote a script and I shot a pilot or I shot a short film called how not to date while trans. And it was basically kind of, it was like a dark break the wolf fourth comedy. And it just talked about like how trans people, you know, we're kind of like, there's, there's no, there's no win-win on dating, you know, it's kind of like, we're damned if we do, we, we're damned if we don't. I mean, especially since, I mean, which is not publicly known, but a lot of times the, the people who kill trans women, and particularly black and, and particularly indigenous trans women, they know that their, their partners were trans from the get-go. So it's not like this whole, ah, oh, you're a tranny, shoot. You know, it's not, it doesn't give that. So I wrote that and it got into a few festivals and then um I got a I got a grant from Netflix and New Fest. Shout out to them. And um and then I made another short film and um also oh, How Not to Date in One Grand Jury at New Fest and it won awards at some other festivals and then this year my latest film Dilating for Maximum Results it won Grand Jury at Outfest and then it won Grand Jury at New Fest so a bitch is coast to coast <laughs> and um yeah so that's what I that's what I've been doing recently you know and Outfest is in LA and New Fest is in New York interesting because Outfest that you bring it up Outfest has like is in shambles right now because they didn't want to unionize and they've like fired you've kept up with all this right they like fired yeah. everyone yeah it's we'll probably have to revisit that we'll actually have we will have to revisit that because you have such close ties to Outfest that yeah we're gonna have to talk about that so that's basically us in a nutshell you know of how we met and then also like I don't know if Nyla said but um, she also like has a manager and they're floating her to like big agencies to be repped by, you know, on the lit side, um, literary side. And um, I so and she's had general meetings with like a 24 and a bunch of stuff like that, which is just so cool. And I see I know talent and I see talent and I was just like, OK, if all of these people who I've reached out to don't want to work with Nyla or aren't jumping at the opportunity to work with Nyla, right, then I need to jump at the opportunity to work with her because I have so many great ideas, but I don't have, um, you know, the experience of like writing and I 
to like to be paired up with someone like Ny- like Nyla is like really a blessing because she can give shape <laughs> to a lot of the crazy things that I want to do. And a lot of a lot of you have a lot of great ideals too. So I think it's a it's a perfect marriage of the mind, you know. Oh, thank you. So yeah, so I we've I've tried to, you know, do a couple of things together, but this last iteration that we've um that we've come up with I feel really really great about and I was watching the film Bottoms with my friend Robin and um Davi and at the Alamo here in Los Angeles and I came away from that film it's basically Fight Club for Lesbians and it was written by um Rachel Sinnott and oh my god I can't remember is that her name Emily the um the director oh my gosh I know her name Emily Singleton something Singleton and Miss Singleton um they're young queer women who wrote this film and made this film and I said we can do that. We can, you know, we can also be creatives and create, you know, and create and come together. And so and they it's also. Creatives. Yeah, no, for sure. We are. Uh, but they also created Shiva together, which is uh, which is Rachel Sennett's first film. She created that with um, Singleton, the director of um, of Bottoms. So that's so basically I came to Nyla and I made a PowerPoint and I said, we need to make this film called Trainees and together. And Nyla has always wanted to do a buddy comedy with, uh, with me. And she's always wanted to do a buddy comedy in the vein of gentlemen prefer blondes. Yeah. And so we kind of just took the idea of trainees and we've just, Flesh it out, and now we're on page thirty-six of our um, of our feature film of our feature film script. And um, every time we write, we um, we basically just do like a a debrief, like how are you, what's going on. Our film is about sex workers about women who have done sex work and how sex workers sex working skills is applicable to other forms of entertain of other forms of business and so i was like i'm all about franchising and about being a businesswoman so i was like okay we need to start an only fans for our movie <laughs> we need to start an only fans we need to start a podcast because if we're going to talk and if we're going to have these fun conversations, you know, why not make it a part of the business and make it a part of the package and connect with people? So by the time we start fundraising and crowdsourcing and all of these things, we'll already have a connection to, you know, our consumer. I think you're muted. Um, yeah. hello, hello from yeah. the other side. Um, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I was a little nervous about OnlyFans because I am a good, clean girl. I am a good, clean woman. JK, JK, I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the writing process has been going really, it's been really like good. And we've been like 
writing and developing and really just like yes anning every ideal that we have you know like it hasn't been um i yet you know it hasn't been a moment where we're just like bitch that ideal is fucking trash and um we're not doing it so it's been it's been really kind of like restorative to like co-write with someone and also to co-write with someone like another trans person who kind of like gets it you know so you don't have to like explain some shit and and then justify why the shit is the shit you just get, get to be like bitch this is the shit and she's like yeah this is also the shit and then we continue going yeah no i agree <clears throat> okay so topics for discussion i was thinking that or we talked about how we would want trainees to go our um our podcast so mm -hmm. how would you kind of so now that we've kind of like gotten that out of the way like our intro and like why you know why we're here the why um how would you kind of want this to go because and we could talk about that yeah um i thought i thought we were gonna like you know give very much katia and trixie Mattel. <laughs> you know what's so funny i actually don't watch them i wa i don't watch the bold the balds and the beautiful i want i used to watch um, uh huh. No, I you no, I don't. I watch the Black Girls. I used to watch Sibling Rivalry. I watched both. I love, but you know what? I stopped watching because. Let me tell you why. I'll tell you. I stopped watching because of Bob the Drag Queen's comments and, um, <clears throat> and Monet Exchange's comments about oh, interracial shit, dating out. and um race play. They made me, they made me very uncomfortable. Are you familiar with what they said? No, I'm not. What did Bob say? I love Bob. Uh-uh, oh, uh-uh. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I have very split, you know, feelings on Bob. You know, of course, I always like love and support, you want to love and support black people, but I also believe in, you know, accountability. Okay, you <laughs> So basically they were both, this is like, this is old see, but they were on their podcast and they were talking about, um, they, a, a, a white or black, oh, I forget who it was a porn star. And the porn star was like, come on my, come on my nigger chest or call me a nigger or something like that. And Bob, and Monet were both like, that's hot. That's really hot. Yes, yes, it was It was wild. But see, for me, the gag wasn't just that, like, they found it that hot. And for, to her credit, Monet Exchange didn't really speak much on this. Bob really did. And I felt like the things that Bob did to justify his stance was really really made me look at him in a different way really wait what can you i mean i know you can't like you can't give it verbatim but what was like the feel like what were they what were how did they justify that so the nutshell was it was like i said it was mostly bob so bob did some like twitter spaces and everyone was like calling him out and we're like why would you say this and like put this out and you know you have like these white majority fans and Bob was like, I'm a consenting adult. 
And if any consenting adults wants to engage and have their white partner call them a nigger, then that's totally fine. And then he compared it to, he was like, he was like, he was like, you don't think that's right? Well, I don't think it's right that women are called bitches in the bedroom either. That's misogynistic. And he, I was just like, okay, wait a minute. First of all, and he was like, I'm an, I'm an adult. This is what I do in my, this is what I do in my adult relationships. And the gag was, was, was that, it was and what he kept saying, this is what I, he was like, what I do in the bedroom is my business. But sexuality has never stayed in the bedroom. But particularly, he's talking about sex on a podcast. So, oh of course, it's not in the bedroom. It's it's a part of the discussion now. Like you've you brought this into the discussion. So that really gagged me. Oh, my God. That kind of gags me, too. I, you know. Wow. I mean, because I think, I mean, is it, is it sex? You know, sometimes sex is like psychosomatic, I guess, maybe the word. It's just like, sometimes like, you know, that's like a window into some, some thoughts, you know? And, and I, I always find, I always find like race play really, really interesting because especially when it's like a black white dynamic, because I'm just like, I don't know, like, like, I only think, okay, I'm probably going to get, I'm probably going to get, like, obliterated for this. So I'm sorry. Please, the girls are going to, are you going to shout It won't be the first time. This is literally what she said. This is literally what she says in her writing. I'm like, girl, just say it. Be honest. Be honest. Um, okay. I feel like, I mean, and of course, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about this from a black lens, but I just think that historically there's so much stuff still currently you know historically and and in modernity there's so much at play in terms of like race play that i feel like it just it creates a lot of fucked up dynamics that reveal potentially a lot of actual thoughts that people have about race and i think that sometimes and particularly like you know white people colonization dominant race like i feel like we haven't gotten far enough for them to like, tr no shade, truly understand and respect that there is a line that they, that they, that they can't cross. And I think it just reveals a lot of like inner stuff, you know, I'm just like, I just think that one, you know, black people, our humanity is not fully seen at all. And then two, when you bring that into sex, it kind of harkens back to like, you know, how essentially our, our, our family, and we still have this in our, like in our consciousness, in our genetics, how black people were used as cattle, you know, as like, as like reproductive factories, you know, and, and that's what it, that, that's, that's really, I, I wouldn't do it. And I don't, I don't understand the appeal of it. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of almost reverse people who want to have like plantation weddings. Like, it's like, wow, do you like, you know, like, it's kind of just like, and, and, you know, I mean, to drag Bob, but not really to drag Bob, but also to drag Bob, like, do did, did you think that that was fun, you know, when, like, our ancestors were being forced to have sex with people, you know? Like, are you, are you, are you, 
you're fantasizing that, you know, being forced to have sex and or but essentially a part of that, too, is also like it's 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 like fantasizing rape culture, too, because for someone to call you the N word while having sex, you know, it like it it comes up in and and of course, when you consent to it as an adult, but also the the dynamics of getting sexually assaulted, you know, mm-hmm. like or being extremely disrespected during sex. So I don't know. Like I, I mean, but you know what? I'm I'm one of the girls where I do not like you to slap my ass. Like, like if, if a boy slaps my ass while we're getting it on, I'm just like, don't do that, don't do that, because it just like it gives too much. You know, it gives like wait are you fucking me or are you beating me the fuck up? You know, like what is going on? So So I think what, Oh, I think what further like compounds the issue is that, and what people were bringing up is that like you're touting or you're like defending, um, talking to Bob, he's defending um race play and his his fetish for race play his his open fetish for race play and sharing that on a huge platform while he and monet and so many other black queens from rupaul's drag race date white men exclusively and like and if they date outside of white men they'll date they'll they'll date non-black and that really compounds the issue because it's like your your desire one you already exist in this place of of being on RuPaul's Drag Race which is a which centers people's sexuality in a positive way right but within you centering within that show centering people's sexuality there's um people are excluded from that so like it's okay to be gay and to be loved but you really can only be gay and white and loved and I just thought his approach to that, I felt like the way he responded to that, the way he responded to having a white partner and people's, you know, feelings about that, feelings about how all of these black queens they look up to only desire white people. I felt like his response to it, which was just another like, this is just who I love and you bitches are mad and lonely. And it's like, no, like, why can't you have a response that is, based in like listening a response that's like look this is who i love and there really isn't anything i can do about that you know but of course like everyone else deserves to be loved and you know maybe i do need to look within myself and i do need to you know decolonize my desire and that's something a gay man told me a gay man um, who I love. His name is Griffin Matthews, and we did Dear White People together. And he has a white husband. And he was like, Yeah, I do have to sit with my black, you know, gay friends. And we do need to talk about why did we all choose white men and what, you know, goes into that. Cause it's not like they don't know other gay black men in entertainment. <laughs> you know, it's not like, Bob and Monet don't know each other. Not that they have to be together, but it's not like there aren't other black people in this space. So yeah. it is, yeah, it's just, you know, it. it's, I think it's definitely something to not dismiss at the very least. Yeah. I think also too, I mean, this it's, 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 I love Kimberly Crenshaw. I love her concept of intersectional intersectionality 
because I feel like this is kind of like honestly a layered conversation. And I mean, even even in terms of like, I mean, let's be real. Bob is a dark skinned, unambiguous black person, black queer person. And so the other side of that is that Bob, like if Bob wasn't Bob the drag queen, Bob's probably particularly Bob, a lot of Bob's dating options would, would be really limited to like white people. It, it reminds me of kind of, um, it was a, it was a black young girl named lip lip gloss. And she made this video and she was just like, she was just like, I want to wear my hair in a shrunken Afro, you know, because it's just, and I mean, honestly, it is a lot of work in terms of being black and having 4C hair and keeping up with it. And she was just like, she made the casual joke. She was just like, I'm going to wear my hair in a shrunken Afro and I know I'm only going to attract white dudes. And baby, let me tell you something. The girls were mad. The girl and the girls, I mean, black men. They were tussling this 21-year-old girl because they were just like, how fucking dare you? Even to the point where some psychopathic guy, he created a profile of her. Like, he stole her pictures online. He created a profile and was, like, dating, you know? He was, like, dating on Tinder as her to prove to her that Black men like her. And I think that's one side of the racial dynamic. Delusional. 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 That's one aspect of it because there is a huge colorism thing and 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 especially in the femme as like a black woman and also as like a black queer person, it limits your perspective. But and I will say that you sometimes you yes, that is true. Yes, that is really valid, but sometimes you do have to cognitively like and actively think about who you do date and, and what that really means. And um and particularly, I like when Black Lives Matter was happening during COVID, I was dating this like white guy. And let me tell you something. Like we had never really, I mean, we talked about race. He knew that I'm I'm black. Like I'm I'm, you know, like yes, I'm an educated girly, you know, she has a master's degree. But I I learn it, black bitch. I'm a learn it. Learn it, black bitch. And, um, but I, I really love the flexibility, the color and, you know, just, just, just the versatility of speaking in AAVE. Like, I really appreciate that. And if you know me, if you're one of my good, good Judy's like, okay, if you meet me and I'm talking to you, like, hi guys, um, my name is Nyla Moon and, um, yeah, it's nice to meet you. But, you know, if you don't know me, you'll get that Nyla. But if you're one of my good Judy's. You'll get Miss Thing. Uh-uh. Ooh, uh, ooh, I get, you know, you'll get all of that. You will get all of that. And I, I personally love speaking like that because it adds just so much flavor. I think that's gay gay V-E, honey. That's gay gay V-E. I mean, I be doing, I be, you know, I do, I will give you a fuck out of here. I will give you, I will give you, I'll give you a gay gay V-E, a A V E. I do. I love it. I love the coloring. Sue me. So, so this partner, he was used, like we were partners. So, you know, he was used to me giving it really, you know, and like we were in Harlem. So he was used to me giving it really banji, even though I'm not really banji, but vocally I am, I'm a banji girl and secretly I am banji because I'm from Harlem. But when Black Lives Matter happened, it was really a huge divide in, in our relationship because, wow, because, because, you know, she's a learned black bitch. 
So I was just like, oh, no, no, no. We need to watch this documentary. Oh, no, no, no. You need to read this article. Oh, no, no, no. Here's this scholarly paper. Oh, no, no, no. This is what these people are saying. And his, he didn't know, like, he didn't know anything about history. Like, he literally didn't know. Like, because we were, we were scrapping. And I was like, so when, when could Black people vote in America? And he was like, I don't know, Nyla. And I was like, do you know it was in 1965 or 68? Don't quote me on the date. But we were scrapping, we were scrapping about that because he didn't really know historical facts like that and, and, and how that related to the current Black experience. And so from that dating experience, it made me really cognizant of who I dated because I know that even though I show up as this, you know, as like a Black person, as like someone who loves AAVE, gay AVE, um, you know, I still will attract a partner who, who, who likes me for Nyla, but doesn't understand the fullness of me. And I think that's part of the crux of it, but no shade. I mean, to end my tirade, but no shade. No white man has ever, ever called me an N-word while we're doing it. No, ma'am. No ham and no turkey. I, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's complicated, but also stand up. Stand yeah. up. It gives that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely so, oh my God, where do I want to go? So you brought up Kimberly um, Crenshaw. I'll bring up Kimberly, Kimberly Nicole Foster, who has the Four Harriet YouTube channel. Love her. Love her. She says that who you date is political. You know, who you date is a reflection of your values. You know, it's kind of like who you associate yourself with. You know, birds of a feather flock together. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, it is important. If you're, I mean, obviously, like, we... <sighs> the current dating landscape is so messy. You know, you have situationships, you have people that you're just hooking up with, you know? So I think that these things are different, but I think being in a, in a relationship with someone, you know, I would definitely want someone who I have some shared values with and, you know, things that have to do with race, liberation, some of my core values. Those things are really important to me, but at the same time, I know people who are liberal and are in relationships with conservatives, you know, so I, oh, you know, everyone like is, bill everyone is different like. and they don't like them. You know, everyone's like just trying bill. to figure it out. Yeah. Um, what I will also add to this is I, this is so insane, but I do feel without Bob being so dismissive I do feel as though consenting adults I have not done this but I feel like consenting adults if they want to engage in race play that is their business but I think you have to be responsible and I think you have to understand that when you're putting that online when you're selling it when you're commodifying it when you're disseminating it, I think that it just like, I think it like has the ability to be extremely harmful. 
even when we're talking about, and the reason I say that is because even when we talk about like slave movies, there are so many black people who don't want to see slave movies anymore. And that has nothing to do with sex, but everything to do with make believe and, you know, so like in acting, right? Like, you know, it's all, it's all of it's fabricated, but do we really want to see more 12 years a slave? Do we really want to see more black torture, you know, porn? No. So I think that there is a duty to be responsible within your fetishes. What I did want to bring up is I texted you something um, the other night. Uh, you know what it is. I So I put in my grinder profile and I think it's, we we will have to talk about both of us being on grinder because I'm pre-op and you're, I'm, I'm not pre-op, I'm non-op and you have one of these. Um, it's galore. Per. So, but we're both on Grinder, and I put in my bio, I put the Palestinian flag, and I put in my, um, I, I guess I put in my head, not, is it your screen name? I put a Palestinian flag, and then in my bio, I put Free Palestine. The reason I did that is because I don't want to have sex with someone who b believes in genocide. So that's the reason that I did that. I didn't do it for any other reason. And... People have messaged me all types of crazy stuff. Someone messaged me the other day. They were like, they would throw you down the stairs in Palestine. And I'm like, they only kill, I'm like, they don't kill trannies here in LA. They don't kill trannies in New York. I mean, they only do it in the Middle East. I don't know about that. So, but anyway, a guy had messaged me and he was like, he was like, I want to, you know, hook up with you and I was like it's not really giving hook up with me but if you have a coin you know maybe we can discuss something you know we're we're still dealing with the ramifications of the strike uh so I need a coin and he was like oh and I know nothing about his background he was like oh he said I thought maybe he was like no I, I don't you know I don't want to I don't have any money for you but I thought maybe you would want to Fuck a Jewish boy for revenge. Not, uh, not, uh, 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 uh. These uh -uh. men are not serious. These men are not serious. I mean, no shade. Oh, girl, that is a key. I can't. I'm like, you can't be serious. Like, I, I don't want to be involved. That's the, and that's that's the other thing. It's like. I'm not involved in your race play. Like, don't bring race play here to me or whatever, you know, like, don't bring that here. Like, what? <laughs> I just, the men are doing, the men are doing a lot. They're not serious. And yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, conservative or I don't want to, you know, what is it? Kink shame but I'm not here for, I'm not here for that. It just, it's like, don't, don't involve me in that, please. You're muted. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, as someone who, who has like engaged in sex work because of survival, you know, like, and of course, I just want to clarify, there's girls who do, who, who engage in sex work because of like, you know, 
because sex work is a job, you know, and it's a viable career. People make careers of being sex workers. But as someone who has engaged in sex work as like for survival, uh, it kind of has made me really pruder, you know, into like into sexual relationships where I'm just like, oof. I don't want to do that, you know, and I won't do this. It just, it makes me, it makes, it, it kind of like makes me look at sex and engage in sex in a different way, which is ironic because I am on Grindr, but I just find that like. <laughs> Why are you on, I, I, that's an interesting question. Why are you on Grindr? You have a sex change. You are, you have a cat. You are, you, you are, you are cis assuming people assume that you're cisgender. Why be on Grindr? Why not be on Tinder? Why not be on Bumble? Why not be on something that where, why not be on something to where, cause I mean on Grindr, it's just pure sex and okay. Yeah, go ahead. I need to know why you're on Grindr. I mean, one, because dating is hard and it's also really fucking ghetto out here. And I I just think that sometimes Grindr is just easy to, like, meet people because, like, even on Tinder, like, there there needs to, honestly, there needs to be a queer app just for dating. Like, if you know one, hit it up. Or men. <laughs> and don't say fucking Tammy, bitch. Don't say, and whoever responds, don't say fucking Tammy. That site is ridiculous. That site, that site is ridiculous. The girls are on there, you know, and it's it doesn't work really. I mean, it's just not a good app. Um, but I feel like Grinder. of course I do get a lot of, you know, eggplants, just eggplant, 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 butthole, you know, I'll, it's, that's, that's my, that's okay, my yeah. inbox. It's eggplant, 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 <laughs> eggplant, butthole, 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 eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. Um, so <laughs> that's what it gives. And I mean, even though I say post-op, you know, sometimes the boys don't know what post-op is either um holler our education system you know we have done people a disservice we have done do you know that i was having sex with a guy this was months ago i was having sex with him and i'm a top and i was topping him or before i started topping him or whatever and he was like feeling my penis he was like looking at it feeling my penis and he was looking at me and looking at my penis and then he says to me he goes is this real? Were you born with this? Like, were you born with this penis or, or like, or were you born with a vagina and then you like got a sex change to have a penis? And I really love that. <laughs> that is the fantasy. Um, so yeah. It's, I don't because I don't understand why I would have gotten a penis as a sex change and nothing and like not shave my head. I don't like I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. But also this is <laughs> the American educational system. We need to restart. We need to throw this away and start over because something is not working here. Um but okay, so why am I on Grinder? It's just easier, honestly. Like, what I've found on Grinder is that you see a lot of men who, of course, they're just looking for a hookup, but not all of them are looking for a hookup, but most of them are looking for a hookup. But it's just easier. Like, you see a lot of men, like, a lot of men who are interested in trans women are on Grinder and they'll reach out to you on Grinder and it's, and it's a little more seamless than like on Tinder. 
like I I don't know I don't which personally I don't like to tell men on the first date that I'm trans if I meet them in the wild or on not a queer dating app because it just puts so much pressure and it, it puts a lot for me to reveal who I am as a person to them and I know the girls are y'all gonna jump me for this but like Sometimes a girl just wants to go and have like a coffee, a beer, you know, just just have a like an initial human interaction, a meet cute, and then we can get into the messy side of it because then like it just it becomes a lot. So sometimes so so I do have Tinder and I use Tinder just to like, you know, like in Tinder is also hook up app, but I also just like to, you know, meet people and talk to them and get a feel of who they are as a person. Before I'm just like, hey, did you know I started hormones at 15 years old? And that's why I look like a woman. And when I was 20 years old, I got a vagina. And then the vagina, it may be a little different, but I've had no complaints thus far. And my family kind of accepts me or not. And yes, I did engage in sex work and was homeless. But now I have a master's degree and I'm a filmmaker. Like, I don't I don't know. Sometimes I just want to be a person and I just want to initially vibe with a person without having to like, to like... To like, for you to feel bad for me, you know, for you to, it's either A, I'm judging you because you're a man, danger, danger, you're a man. Or it's like, oh, 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 um, I'm a, um, I'm a liberal. So I want to hear your, I want to hear your story. I want to know how you got here, you know, so I can tell people I went on a date with a trans woman. Nothing happened, but I did it, you know? So grinder, it kind of just like, so Tinder is just so I can just like meet people and just keep it casual and have a drink. And then Grindr, it's just easier because you you get over the first first time being or being around a trans woman experience, which is like, you know, I, I'm just going for comfortability, basically. I want to vibe with you on Tinder before I tell you. And on Grindr, you've 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 met a trans woman before nine out of ten times. That's why you're here. And um <laughs> And you're just a little more comfortable. I just, you know, I just don't like explaining. I just want to be easy. You know, I just want to smoke a blunt, you know, maybe have some coffee. You know, like, I just want it to be relaxed. Because, like, there, because, because trans people are such a political, like, our existence is a political existence. And it's, it's a lot of explaining, a lot of politicking, a lot of, like, I'm, honestly, I spent my, my early fucking 20s, like, literally in relationships like in situationships with men where it would be like i'm liberal and i know gay people so we're gonna be friends nyla but and we may fuck but we can't be together because you know so i've i've done that and i've like i've worked really hard i've tried to convince i've tried to explain i've tried to do all that stuff and now i'm just like i just want it easy for me baby and liberalism i fucking hate liberals um i mean it's honestly just it's a it's it's a fake political identity honestly it like it's it's a more it's amorphous you know you're pro queer like liberals are like pro queer but but also pro genocide like it's not a real thing 
it, like yeah. it's just it's not like it's so it it just it's it's very like they just have no real convictions to me i think they're just kind of like yeah like i'm like anti like i like i don't believe in racism but honestly like let's fund the police and let's have a robot you know what i mean it's like wait what <laughs> you know it doesn't it just seems really fake and phony to me but anyway um and we see that in our interpersonal um experiences with men as well yeah, I mean, okay, side conversation, but also a huge topic. What really, I mean, I I would I guess I would have described myself as a liberal until recently, and of course, it it's been about the conflict that's been going on in um in Palestine, hashtag Free Palestine, um call your representatives, you know, demand a forever ceasefire because People are dying and we are funding that. Not them framing a humanitarian pause as a ceasefire. They're sick as fuck. That is sick. They, girl, that. Not them of- understanding that we know what a humanitarian pause is and that you're trying to use this language and then say, actually, it's a ceasefire now. Like, that's sick. That is sick. I mean, I, I what I tell a lot of people about this this current situation, I'm like, before when a lot of like political stuff was happening, we were young. We didn't understand the actual, you know, financial ramifications. And actually, not only the financial ramifications, because I don't want to make it just about the financial ramifications, but it's a little dark to realize that your tax dollars are funding, you know, children getting murdered. Every dollar you, know, you spend and make, yeah. People, people, people getting displaced. Like that was kind of like a. I mean, and and of course, you know, again, like I like this is the first actual conflict that we have been in as an adult. You know, where it's been like a, a whole mobilization. So that that's been a little shocking to realize that people who you've looked up to to be beacons of democracy, freedom, liberal politics have like let you down one. And also a lot of like liberal news outlets too, you know, like they've really let you down. And I mean, I mean, and this kind of like moves the conversation away from of Palestine. And of course we can continue this conversation about Palestine, but this, the, the first way that it really hit me, I was such a fan of TYT and oof, when when Anna Kasparian or Kasparian, sorry, Kasparian, sorry, Kasparian, sorry, homegirl, I slayed your name. Um, and 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 um, Cenk, when they when they basically Jank. said, "Oh, Jank, is that how you say it?" Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Jank. Um, when a few months ago, basically they were just like, "Fuck trans people," you know, like the liberals need to stop focusing on the trans people. That is a losing, that is a losing political movement. You know, we're losing everything else because of like, you know, we're hanging on to this trans agenda. That kind of gagged me because like, oh, same, girl. A lot of my liberal politics came into place watching from them. From them you know like watching tyt when you know when they're on when, i mean they're still on youtube but when people were resharing their stuff on facebook you know when people were the girls were still on facebook like that and that kind mm. of really shifted it i was just like oh so so fuck my drag right <laughs> you know i was just like whoa 
I was just like, oh, so y'all really don't fuck with the kids. Y'all really don't fuck with the kids. And, and that kind of like shifted. I was like, oh, so unless we are, we are a part of the dominant agenda, we all are, we are all are pawns that can and will be sacrificed yeah. for the quote unquote bigger picture. And of course, that's what we're seeing now with Arab yeah. Americans. And I love that Arab, Arab Americans are really like mobilizing against Joe Biden, you know, and, and what's, and what's, and what's actually happening to the Palestinian people because, because, you know, no shade, Joe Biden said, fuck them girls. The way yeah. TYP, they said, fuck them girls to trans women. And yeah. that, that really made me believe that, wow, this two-party system, it, it isn't really, it isn't really good it isn't really good versus evil, quote unquote, you know, like that's how it was framed. It was just like, if you were a liberal, you believed in good and justice and liberty and mm -hmm. people having rights and acceptance and the Republicans, you know, what they've become now, they believe in like, you know, lack of rights and like lack of autonomy and like only for the very rich. But now you see they're on, they're on the same coin and that's kind of a gag, you know? Yeah, I so a little context on what happened with TYT is that a couple it's actually when I first started doing comedy uh, a couple months ago, they really ran with this incendiary story. And there's always some um, polarizing story that comes out about transness, not necessarily about trans people. And there was this think tank group. It was one group in the UK that no one had heard of. And they did cervical cancer screenings and serve us for your cervix. And that's, I believe that's for only people, a cervix is if you're assigned female at birth. And um, they were saying that when we're doing these sorts of um, things that have to do with the vulva and the vagina and all of that, instead of calling it a vagina for our non-binary and trans men patients, we can call it a bonus hole. And of course, because everyone like has to make everything about them, they said, oh, so we can no longer call our vaginas bonus, we can no longer call our, our vaginas vaginas, we have to now call them bonus holes? No, that is not what they were saying. They were saying that they were going to call certain people who are trans, they were going to call their body parts bonus holes or front holes. And that was only going to be used for them. But also, this is one group. This is one group of, this is one little group of people, one little thing that was going on in the UK that no one had knew, knew about. So TYT picks up this story Anna Kasparian and Jenk Uger had been saying, you know, this have been, you know, talking about trans people in sports and saying how, you know, it's a losing issue. And, um, you know, Bill Maher has said things like that. But Anna Kasparian took that story and she she really made a whole a big stink about it. She was like, my body, like I have a vagina. I was born with a vagina and I shouldn't have to call it something different because that, because that makes you feel more comfortable. And that is not what people were saying. And that is something that many people who, and I'm now, because I see how 
Zionist silence um, people that they don't agree with. I'm now reticent to call people transphobic, so I'm not going to call Anna Kasparian transphobic. I'm just going to say that she seemed to, she seemed to have a position that was not thoughtful and was a little reckless and you know it it showed me as a trans person that uh maybe we're not aligned on these issues and you know it, i i from then on i was like this is not someone that i agree with this is this is not a, a company i want to support you know but yeah and so i just kind of stepped away but again of course you know i am happy and i think i want to actually learned about I want to say I first learned about Palestine either through TYT or through Mark Lamont Hill, because I remember finding out, I think they ran a story back in, I want to say 2015. They probably, I think they ran a story about Mark Lamont Hill being um, blacklisted from CNN. That's why he works with Al Jazeera now. Um, And I'm glad that they took, that they, you know, supported him, you know, when he supported, you know, Arab Americans because um, he faced, you know, that backlash. And I'm happy to see him doing well because he was on CNN and he was in the mainstream American media. Um, And now he works in black, um, black news media. He works with the Grio and he works with Al Jazeera. Um, so yeah, so it is like, I have like dipped back into TYT's content to kind of see what they're talking about when it comes to Palestine, but it's definitely not something that I subscribe to. I don't subscribe to, to their channel. Yeah. You know, speaking of, um, I understand your reticence about like calling someone a transphobe, but I just want to preface like a little, a little interesting, I guess a comment on that. Is I find it really interesting that, and 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 you find this all all the time, like historically speaking, when people don't have language to call a thing a, a thing, it 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 really it it obscures what what's happening. It confuses people, and it makes people actually doubt whether something is specifically what they're experiencing. And I think a lot of that now, like not calling stuff what they are is is a part of white supremacy, you know, and is a part of cis normality, not calling you out because, you know, this is a general thing now where a lot of people are just like, they're just like, oh, I don't want to call, you know, this person racist or this person transphobic or this person a misogynist. But when we don't call when we don't name these things, they lose power, you know, and it, and it and it dilutes what the actual experience was. Because here's the thing. Anna Kasparian is an educated, really brilliant, nuanced geopolitical commentator. And she woke her ass up and got on her show and chose trans. She chose transphobia. That's purely what it was. Because let's be real. Anna, 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 do, do, when has anyone ever said you had a bonus hole? When has anyone ever looked you dead in your motherfucking eye and thought that you were a non-binary person? You know, thought that that's the language that you wanted. So what was the reason for you to have this, you know, this, to, 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 to go on this tangent of, 
I don't want a bonus haul. I had a vagina. This is a vagina. I don't know where Anna lives, but if you live, no shade, if you live in like even like the the liberal filter bubbles of LA and New York City, most people know what a non-binary person is. And also most non-binary people usually let you know who they are because they have to when they enter spaces. So no one has ever said that to you. No one has ever said that to any of the women who you have ever probably been around, who you were in community with in, in this liberal filter bubble. So a part of me is like, where did that come from? I mean, it came from it her came wanting from to make content. It came huh? from, yeah. I mean, it came from her wanting to to make content. She saw a headline and she was like, ah, I have an angle. I think, you know, I hear you. I think that at, I think at the very least, at least if I'm going to say that someone is transphobic or someone is racist, I'm going to list the reasons why. I just think that like I have learned that through these charges of anti-Semitism from that has that's come from Zionist when I have spoken in support of Palestine um, I have seen how that has shut down and silenced voices and has gotten like and has removed people from their from their jobs and their positions and so it has just made me re-examine the way that I think about things or the way that I just the way that I communicate because you know I want, you know, I'm like, and I've noticed, you know, a lot people have been really obsessed with like silencing speech and like, I don't need to silence anyone's speech. I just need to amplify mine. Um, I mean, I, I completely agree. But here's the thing, though. Who does that benefit? When we don't, because I, I love a definition. I love to understand something contextually. And I, I like even the charges of anti-Semitism. Like when you really, when you really define what that is, you know, and, and, and then you examine what you've done, then, you know, it's, that's not anti-Semitic, you know? However, when you look at what Anna did, what Anna did was transphobic. And I'm not saying Anna needs to be locked in the transphobe prison for 10 million gajillion years, Till she learns her lesson. I'm saying that sometimes we have to call out what something actually is. Gotta call a spade a spade. You gotta call a spade a spade. So 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 behaviors can be corrected. Like people need people need to be corrected. And you know, I I will I I mean this this may be a bad example, but like and Quay, you probably can relate to this, you know, being a tall trans woman also, but like when you're a tall trans woman. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Wait, sorry. You oh, sorry. But when you're a trans tall trans woman, you know, you and people are just like you're a model. And a lot of your or just a tall woman in general. You know, when you're a tall woman in general and you're skinny, people label you as a model. And a part of that, you know, especially as a teenager because of the influx of America's next top model and that that dream deferred that that was. I mean, you made it on, babes. But a lot of girls didn't make it on to America's Next Top Model, but it became a part of their identity, you know, to be skinny. And a lot of people culturally were engaging in fat phobia. 
we were fat phobic as a culture. You know, we like if you look at if you just look at media a few years ago, just casual fat phobia, just really casual, casual, everyday, ha ha ha. You know, you're fat and you should feel bad. And I'm making a joke to remind you that you're fat. One thing that I really learned was having friends who are who are fat people and 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 the ways that I have engaged in fat phobia to really correct that behavior. And that's all I'm saying, you know, like if I wasn't called out for for being told like, hey, Nyla, that's fat phobic and that hurts, I would I would it wouldn't have shifted my mind, you know, about how how I feel about that and how I engage with that and how, and what and, and the actual damage that does to people, you know? I I guess, I mean, I hear you. I guess like if it was another situation to where like maybe someone was just not a media figure and they were like, I saw this news story that's, and, and maybe their media literacy isn't up to, you know, where Anna's is. And they could sit and they say, well, they're saying that now all vaginas are going to be called bonus holes. I have an issue with that. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to stop the conversation by saying you're transphobic. I wouldn't want to just shut them down. I would want to be I would want to continue the conversation. And then I think another piece about the Anna um, Kasparian situation is to understand that she was associating herself with like known transphobic people. I, I forget. Yeah, I forget exactly who it is. I don't know if it was Tim Pool or or I, maybe or maybe she doesn't get along with Tim Pool, but there was someone that Hassan was like, she's associated with this per. She's like, um, listing this. She's like citing this person who was known to be extremely transphobic. So it was yeah, it was definitely it was interesting. And then just to hear certain things over the years, like I've been I've heard like little germs of like you know these anti-trans sentiments or these these you know. That I was like, oh, that doesn't really vibe with me. Um, I do want to circle back because um, we're about to we're about to close close out pretty soon. But I do want to circle back to um, why I am on Grinder, which I think it's so interesting that you're on Grinder because I would think in my mind, right? I would think that when you have the sex change or people call it the gender confirmation surgery i'm an old school girl i call it a sex change even though yeah, I, I don't have seen with the sex change <laughs> this is why i love you because i'm like and do you call yourself a transsexual too i i know i do call myself a transsexual because you know like i'm a transsexual <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't a lot of people do not like those terms they don't like the term sex a lot of new new generation either trans people or or allies, right? They're like, don't call yourself trace. They they get on trace for that. Like, don't call yourself a transsexual or, you know, and don't say sex change. So anyway, I would always think that when you would ha when you get a sex change or if you have a sex change, that you would want to be delivered from the filth that is these fucking tranny chasers on Grindr and you can just like be with men who aren't going to be so sex focused, fetish focused, and who is who wants to like who potentially is maybe looking for an actual connection. So that's why I was like, it always throws me for a loop. I'm like, why the fuck? 
why the fuck are you on here? And then on the other hand, I also know that like when you're on Grindr, they, and like you said, a lot of the guys think you're pre-op, even if they're not bottoms, they still like a woman with a penis, at least from my understanding, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, a lot of guys still like, you know, it's it's about the mouthfeel for them. You know, the mouthfeel. <laughs> Shout out to ContraPoints. Um, it's about the mouthfeel. Um, but, you know, truly, I want to be where the tranny chasers are. <laughs> you love it. But here's the thing, though. You know, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like one dating is hard just in general. And sometimes I just, I want to be around someone who just gets it, you know? And I feel like a lot, I don't know. I feel like a lot, like when, like when guys are on Tinder, they're not looking for trans women in specific, specifically, you know, like they're not looking to like hang out with them at all. You know, they're not, they're just looking for cis women even romantically, because, um, you know, um, this is the first generation of trans women who are getting old, you know? So, so I, I think once this this generation of trans women gets old and guys are just like, oh wait, actually I can, you know, I can grow old with a trans woman, you know, that's, that's a thing. Um, I think it'll get better, but honestly, I just think it's just, it's really hard out here. We're all fighting for our fucking lives. Yes, it's 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 hard on both apps, but it's just sometimes just easier, you know, just to be like, you know, hey, tranny chases over here. If you're looking for a post op, I'm one. You know, it's it's easier to <laughs> it's it's easier to give that, and um, yeah, it's just easier for me, you know. Interesting. Um, I, that's so interesting. But again, some men don't read. So, because, you know, you know, we are all grown sexual beings. And, you know, I put post-operative transsexual in my um in my profile. And sometimes when, you know, the boys come over, you know, and the boys want to have, the boys kind of gag, you know, because they're just like, oh, what's that? What's that? Wait, where's it at? What's that? <laughs> you know, they gag a little bit. And, you know, sometimes they have to really get Do into Do they it. ask you if you are a cis woman? Sometimes they do. They come <laughs> like, are you a cis woman? And I'm like, no. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes they're really disappointed. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, wait, no. They are disappointed because, you know, baby, educate the, the American education system has failed, failed us all. And oh. sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm just like, but are you a cis woman? And then they're just like, yeah, I date cis women. You know, I have a girlfriend. And I'm like, oops. But you know what? <laughs> It's a session, and sometimes the girls, you know, the, the the girls need to get what they need to get out of the session. Out of so, session. It's a session, and um, so so what happens is, you know, they have to adjust, and then they're just like, "Oh, can we have anal sex?" And I'm just like, "How dare you? How dare you? I have a full vagina." You know. Do you not. ever? Do you ever say yes and do anal? Ugh. It depends. It depends. I mean, I'm Nyla, but, but okay, here's the thing. And this is TMI. Oh, this thing, the girls are going to have me online saying this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what they don't tell you. This is what they don't tell you. 
So there is a thin, thin, thin like line of skin between the the vagina and the anus. Mm-hmm. So, so, and you know, as trans women, we still have our prostates. Hello, hello, can we talk? And um, sometimes, I mean, it feels a little bit the same, you know. Sometimes, I mean, of course, the vagina is better because you don't have to prep, you know, you don't have to do anything. It's it's ready to go, and you know, you don't, you're not gagging after. But, I mean, honestly. I really don't like anal sex. Like, I have to really, like, you know, really be into it to be like, okay, wait, hit me up in the front first, you know. Don't play with me. Hit me up in the front, <laughs> and then we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the back. It, but, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I will play, depending on how the session is. But sometimes, you know, the Gorilla Grip 3000, you know, Hey, sis, guys, you know, if, you, if you're looking for the tight snatch, you know, um, hit up a trans woman, you know, because, you know, she's the Gorilla Grip 3000. If you don't, you know, some girls, if you don't keep her uh, open, she will close on you. And, um, you know, sometimes that's all they need. You know, they, they need a good two pumps of that. And they forget about the back. <laughs> <laughs> two pumps of that and they forget about the back. And they forget about the back. What a money yet. So, so, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, no. Me, if I had a pussy, like I said, I won't be getting one. But if I had one, there's no way, baby. You have to be in this, you have to be in this kitty. Like, all that yeah. gay shit, all that, all that anal sex, that shit, that's in the past. Like if it, if and in my in my mind in my mind, but obviously like you're saying it's different. Like if you know when you have it, it feels. You're saying it feels similar, and there's a thin line. There's a thin line between the prostate, between love and prostate. So for me, why I am on um, grinder is simply for. I wouldn't say expediency that came to mind, but it's not expediency. It's that when I meet men in in my day-to-day life just walking down the street I honestly I don't I don't I'm really short with men that I meet in in the day-to-day because I my experience has been not even nine times out of ten like 9.9 times out of ten a guy has been attracted to me he's assumed that I that I'm cisgender um, and at the very least, assume that I had bottom surgery. And once he finds out that I'm trans, not only do I not have bottom surgery, but I'm a top. Not only is there really nothing to talk about or to go further from there, but also they can get real aggy. They can get real violent. They can get just real funny and I don't have the time to like give my number to somebody and do that whole rigmarole and come out to them again and again and again. Like I just don't have the time for that. So similar to you, Nyla, I go on Grindr versus any other app or meeting guys in real life because they are coming to that app for trans women and there are guys coming to the app for trans women who are tops. And so that's why I'm on Grindr. And the only thing I don't like about Grindr is that they are just so sex minded. And for me, if you're gonna be that sex minded, I have to get paid. <laughs> like if you're really not gonna try to get to know me at all, like if you're not gonna try to get to know me at all, 
I'm going to need you to give me something. Like if you're not going to give me time and attention and, you know, and companionship, I'm going to need a coin. Like, I'm not just going to need some sick. Yeah, I'm going to need a donation. Like, I mean, something like you're not, because my thing is you're not just going to use my body. Like, that's not what we're doing here. Like, I'm going to need something. Um, And I like it that way because, you know, that keeps me nice and, you know, virginal. (laughs) Keeps me nice and safe as well. Um, you know, I think it's nice to have some discernment and to have some, you know, for lack of a better term, not to be, not to be, you know, to slut shame, but I think it's nice to have some standards to, you know, to not, you know, to, you know, have some boundaries, some parameters of what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do. But, um, but yeah, that's why I like it because I feel like the guys who are into women like me are on grinder. And the guys who are sexually compatible with me, I, f- I find that they're on Grinder. Now, that, ta- that Tammy app, that Tammy app, that is the worst app ever. And the reason why it is the worst app ever is because it allows everyone from all around the world to message you. I have, I literally, when I've had Tammy, I've had 500 messages at one time. There's no way I can scroll through them. And when I do scroll through them, and it sounds like a great thing, like, oh, my God, I have 500 messages. Actually, no, because I'm not able to connect with anyone because everyone is messaging me who whoever has signed up on the app. And so it's just, it's a no go for me. But yeah. But you're you're not you're not trying to be on 90 Day Fiance, girl. That may be the, the, the next move, you no, know, no, find no. you a man on Tammy, get on 90 Day Fiance and turn it. No, you that's also Mickey- <laughs> that's also exactly. a thing. Girl, that's the thing I love about Grinder as well is that Grinder is really re- majority of the time is going to serve you people and people are going to reach out to you who are in your vicinity. With trans, yeah. it's a little different. You know, they can, you know, I have had people reach out to me who are in other countries, but that's few and far between. It's typically people that are in my area, no more than like 30 miles away, you know, something that's doable and feasible. So, yeah, so that's why I'm on there. You know, uh, I just feel like there's no like actual dating app that 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 is just for the girls. You know, there's no actual like uh, we just always get the short end of the stick. And it's it I mean, it's it's rough out here, girl. It's okay. Rough. So, we have to go right because Nyla is going to go try to run off and go to a Muay Thai. Um, so we have to write and write quick. So anyway, that was the first episode of Trainees. And uh, we're going to have some, we got to have like some, um, some like, I think it's called, um, not ta- like we have to have some sections. Like I want to have like, learn it black bitch. I want that to be a section. And then I want like a political no, I'm well, no, learning back which will be political. I want like a pop culture segment and then a sex segment. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. But you know what? I think are we still recording? Oh, girls recording. Um yeah, I think we need to do it, but I think we need to um I think we need to lean more into it. Into what? Into becoming a podcast bros. What? We just started. What else we need to do? I mean, 
mean, I think we can, um, I think, I think it'll be good. I think we just, I think we did good. This was a great first episode, but I'm going to come better. And, and we're just like, this, I think we should be like Jon Stewart or not Jon Stewart, Oliver, the, the, the cute white man from the British guy. John Oliver. John Oliver. I was going to say. You so. want to talk about niche political issues? <laughs> no, but I think we should give, I think we should give like very much last week tonight. Like where we like like let's send each other news articles or like you know pop culture moments that we want to talk about and then we'll like pick the <clears throat> we'll pick the top three and we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Well, trainees episode one. That's a wrap. Thank you.